Welcome back to Get Your Barbecue On, the podcast with Ken Alexander. And I'm here with my co-host, the doctor, dun, dun, dun. Dr. Andre Jones. Dun, dun. And we're, we're here for another action-packed. Absolutely. Action-packed. Action-packed, yeah, yeah absolutely. Action-packed, right? Yeah, we can. <laughs> I get, given what we're talking about today, yeah, yeah. it is going to be action-packed. Yeah. Fun-filled. Yes. Yeah, podcast. I agree. Because, right. you know, in 10 days from the drop of this episode, it's Thanksgiving. It is Thanksgiving. And what in the world? Well, that's why we're talking about turkeys today. Oh, right. Yeah, right. We're talking, yeah, we're, that's, gonna, we're talking about turkeys. Probably be a good idea. Yeah. It's that time of year where gobble gobble goes onto the uh, uh, um, into the grill or the burner or the soap cooker. Something. It's it's about to get cooked because it's going down. Thanksgiving's happening. Thanksgiving is happening. Yes. And we wanted to start talking about turkeys in time enough mm-hmm. so people could practice. Yes. Yeah. Especially if it's your first time smoking. And today Ooh. we're also going to be talking about frying turkeys. What? Frying. Frying man. turkeys? Yeah. I know it's to get your barbecue on, you know, yeah. barbecue. Right. But we also fry turkeys too. Fry a turkey. Mm-hmm. So, you mean like on a pan, frying pan? Frying pan, but really it's a frying pot. Oh. And, and with a whole lot of oil. Oh, oh, okay, got it. Yeah, but got it. Uh, I'll tell you what, fried turkey is, for me, is the best tur- turkey I've ever tasted. Really? Do you do fried turkey on Thanksgiving? I, or do, I do you do? Oh, really? I do fried turkey. Uh huh. And sometimes I do a smoked turkey, but my go-to is really mm-hmm. fried turkeys. Really? Yeah, I love it. Love oh, fried turkeys. Oh, wow. I mean, the taste is just well. Once we get when we get to fried turkeys, we'll yeah. talk a little bit more yeah. about it. Okay? Right, right, right. You're getting me hungry and excited over <laughs> right, here. Right, right, right. I want to know now. <laughs> yeah, because we we have a lot going on on the show. Yeah. Of course, we're going to answer a listener question. Of course. Got right. a good one today. Right. Yeah, I heard we have a good one. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to check in with the doctor. Oh, no, that's me. Our grill master. Da-da. Pit master. Da-da. In drain. That's right. Right, right. <laughs> so we got a lot going on, and please stay tuned because we have Paul Reyes. He's yeah. coming in from Chow Down. Ch- Chow Down is a food truck. That's right. We're doing right. food trucks this season. Yeah, food truck. Yeah. And he's going to come in and tell us the story about they do pizzas oh. and Italian food. Really? Right. He's right. bringing us pizza and Italian food when he comes to the studio, right? Well, you know, I kind of forgot to say, hey, can, Paul, can you bring us some samples? Can, so maybe he will, maybe he won't. Can we have to sample these people's food? <laughs> well, like I have. Just, I've been to some. I've been to some events with Paul. Really? You know? Yeah, we've had our food truck out. We've been... As a matter of fact, just recently we've been in two events. Uh, yeah, yeah. So they've got some great food on. Really? Yeah, yeah. Chow down does it. Okay, yeah, I'm ready yeah. to uh, chow down and hear what he has to say. <laughs> right, right. So please stay tuned. Uh, like us, this season, our theme, our guests are coming on, and we're, it's all about food trucks mm-hmm. this season. And Paul's going to be the first one to join us. Yay! So, all right. To follow up what we just had uh, uh, last episode. Which we uh, we learned so much about 
Oh, cleaning yeah, the grills. The grill, cleaning grills. Yeah. Last episode. Man, I, I've never looked at my grill is very clean right now. <laughs> yeah. By the yeah, way. No, Bob gave us some fantastic information. Absolutely. Guys, like spotless. Show. Spotless. Yeah. It's clean, clean. <laughs> like I actually took this advice and cleaned it. All right. All yeah. right. I'm ready. So anyway, today we're talking about turkeys. Okay. Yeah. Thanksgiving's coming up 10 days from now. Yeah. Yeah. Today. 15th of November, mm-hmm. the 25th is Thanksgiving. That's right. So if you go to your grocery store, you're already seeing turkeys on sale. Yep. Yeah, they're out they're there. They're out there. I mean, and you, it, there's some really good prices. Right. Uh, especially if you buy a certain amount and then they'll give you the turkey really, really cheap. But even the normal sale price of turkeys is, is less than it's going to be any other time in the year. So I tell you what, typically I buy my Thanksgiving turkey and Christmas turkey right now. Really? Frozen anyway. Yeah, because the prices are going to go up. You're not going to get sure. Thanksgiving prices <laughs> Christmas in December <laughs> and Christmas. So you better, if you're going to cook turkey at Christmas, yeah. you better grab a couple. All right. That All makes right. sense. Yeah, that yeah. makes so, sense. So you get your turkeys and you're going to bring them and they're going to be frozen. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, the thing about the frozen turkey is the best way to thaw a turkey mm-hmm. is in the refrigerator. Really? Yeah, in the refrigerator. Hmm. Yeah, a lot of people will sit them out, sit yeah. them on the counter. Yeah. But, but what you're inviting foodborne illnesses Ew. when you do that. So, right. Um, you know, the USDA mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. You know, Pima County Health Department, that's what we, as far as thawing food, the best way to do it is in the refrigerator. And for a turkey, yeah. it, I would put it in the refrigerator about three days before I was going to cook it. Got it. So two to three days, but I, okay. to be safe, three, three days. days. Now, if you don't have that kind of time to thaw the turkey, the other way you can thaw it is under running water. And you said cold water, not hot water. Not hot water, cold water. And depending on how big that turkey is, you'd be running that water for quite some, some time. So, right, a couple hours, right? right couple, yeah, yeah, I mean, more than a couple hours, but wow. you just keep turning it. And I mean, it's not like the water has to be rushing out. Sure. But you're just going to have a nice little stream of water on the turkey and, right. and let it thaw. That's how you mm. can also thaw a turkey. Okay. So, but... The preferred method, the easiest method, is to get your turkey early. Right. A few days early, pull it out of the freezer or sure. take it. Well, when you bring it home, if it's still frozen, stick it in the refrigerator. Yep. And then before you're going to start working with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, so we already talked about where to find a turkey. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but you can also buy a fresh turkey that's already thawed and, mm. and that works too. Then you don't have to worry about this part. Sure. So the other thing is now that you have your turkey and you're ready to do something with it. Now, I like to brine my turkeys. Right. I like to infuse flavor Flavor. into the turkeys. Yeah. And if I'm brining it, I want to at least brine it. I brine mine over 24 hours. Right. That makes sense. I I say 12 to 24 hours, probably, you know, because maybe the night before I'm going to cook it. Yeah. I could also brine it. There. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I want to infuse it. And most of the time when I'm smoking mm-hmm. or frying a turkey, I'm going Cajun. I'm going Louisiana style. Ooh, right. Right. Okay. So I'm going to take some Cajun spices and that and, mm. and, and put it in my brine. Got it. And the brine, my brine is, you know, the brine's going to have some salt in it. Sure. I usually have a little sugar and then I take my Cajun. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah a little sugar. And then I take my spices and mm-hmm. I put them all in there. 
and then sure. I just let it sit, sit, cover it with water. Mm. I mean, it's all in water and mix it all in and mm. let it sit for 12 to 24 hours. Easy enough. Right. I'm infusing those flavors into the turkey. Yeah. And then after that, we can talk about, so we talked about a brine. Right. And then we can talk about a rub. I mean. Really? On top of that? Yeah, we can make a rub. I mean, I, mean, I usually take some seasonings and rub it on a turkey first. You know, I either use butter mm-hmm. or olive oil. All on right. Turkey. Okay. Yes. And I, I rub them down real good. First, I'm going to dry them when he comes out of the brine. Right. I'll put the oil, olive oil on them, mm. and then I'll put the seasonings on. On top of that. Yeah. 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 When I say a rub, you know, it doesn't have to be a real, like, with paprika and a sure. whole bunch of stuff sure. like that. Like I would do on ribs or brisket. Right. Right. But it's just, um, when I say rub, I'm talking about seasoning. Yeah. It's, and so It's kind of like a light rub, right? Right, right, right. So I throw some, like I said, Cajun spices. There's mm. some real good. All, you know, already, you know, like Obey and mm-hmm, some other stuff mm-hmm, out there, mm-hmm. like Tony Satchery and things like that yeah. that you could use as as far as trying to get that Louisiana flavor. Sure. But sure. I mean, down south and, and like, especially mm-hmm. in Louisiana, they, they're they big on frying turkeys. Right. That's the only way to have a turkey is fried. <laughs> Everything is fried. Everything's fried. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's fried. So right now we're going through smoking and frying. We're just talking about we're preparing. We're doing the same preparation, preparing the turkey the same way. Mm. It was just going to cook them differently. Yeah. Right? I mean, and so a lot of folks out there have smokers. So we we did our little rub. We have our turkey. We, yeah. we got it ready. So now the turkey's prepped. It's seasoned. It's ready to go. Uh-huh. It's either ready to go in the smoker. Right. Or it's ready to go in the hot oil. Mm. So first we're going to talk about the smoker. Right. Whatever type of smoker that you have. Yeah. Um, you know, some people have an egg. Some people have, you know, different types of, of smokers. Yeah. So we're going to talk about temperature. Yeah. Now, and depending, we, we'll talk about two temperatures. One is is poultry. Right. So the turkey has to get to internal temperature, 165 yes. or at least 15, 15 seconds. seconds. Right. Uh-huh. So that's when the turkey's done, deep down in the breast, thigh, mm-hmm. right in there, when you take a thermometer. Now, a lot of these turkeys have a little pop-up thing. They have a little yeah. pop-up thermometer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the company that makes the turkeys sure. pop a little thermometer in yeah. there. So when it gets the temperature, it pops up. But even at that, I'm still going to take my meat thermometer and, and I'm going to go sure. in and make sure yeah. that it's 165. Because the last thing you want to do is everybody's carving, you know, mm-hmm. you do there, you have this beautiful yeah. turkey. Right. She's beautiful. Beautiful. She's excited. And all the size and all the everything's there, and then you just you know, start slicing the turkey, and blood starts pushing uh, out. <laughs> ah, that would not be a good Thanksgiving. No, that's, no, that's, no, no. That's like you throw it away right, and get pizza. Right. That's when every, <laughs> that's when everybody's looking at you all funny. Yep. And it's like, oh my. You're God. like, just kidding, just kidding. We're having pizza. The turkey's <laughs> raw. <laughs> We <laughs> put it back in the oven. Hang on, guys. <laughs> Hang on. Right, right. And there goes and there goes three o'clock dinner. Time. Sure, right, um, right, right. Turkey's not ready. Exactly. Now it's six. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's mad and hungry. Right, right. So hey, let's make sure that right. we're getting that internal temperature. Yeah. And, and you double check the little pop up thing. Sure. 
Sure. And yeah. it's better to be safe than sorry anyway. Better be safe than sorry. Yeah. Yeah, better be better for it to be done and not that. Exactly. Not done, right? Exactly. <laughs> I agree. Right. So there's a lot of different types of smokers. The biggest thing is so we talked about the internal temperature. That's for whether you are frying it or whether you are smoking a turkey. Sure. That one sixty five. Yeah. So I like to smoke my turkeys right around two hundred and twenty five degrees. Okay. Okay. And, and how long, that's are, you putting, few, how long are you putting them in there for? How long is it in there for? Yeah, all smoke smokers are a little different. Yeah. All, all a little different. And my smoker, uh, the smoke at the restaurant, we're going, you know, somewhere between four and five hours. Wow. Is the, the turkey before it gets to temperature. Right. Right. And and, and also depends on the size of the turkey. Sure. And we didn't talk about that. But right. the turkeys for frying and for smoking, I like them anywhere from 12 to 14 pound turkeys. Okay. Right. And how many people should that feed? Well, when you're looking at turkey and you're planning your meal. Mm -hmm. The plate. When you plan your meal. So you should plan on a pound of turkey per person. Really? So when you if you're buying a twenty four pound turkey, then that's twenty four people. Yeah, but if you're buying a fourteen pound turkey, so a pound of turkey per person, now you're gonna lose some some weight in the cook time. Yeah. I mean in the cooking because it's water in there, you're gonna lose some weight. Right. But you can plan on a pound of turkey per that you should plan on a pound of turkey per person. Okay. Okay. And that's to be safe. So you're not running out of stuff or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's the safe That's the safe thing. You know. Okay. Yeah, that's 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 what we use. Okay. That's a good measure. That's a really good measure. <laughs> yeah. All right. So now you have your smoker. Yep. I mean, like I said, the different types of smokers, they all cook differently, but yeah, I would say plan on um, you know, four to five hours, mm-hmm. but they all cook different. So you're going to make sure you check an internal temperature. Sure. Right. And for smoking, 225 degrees. That's what I use. Mm. You can cook it a little faster if you like. Or, wow. But internal temperature is what's most important. 165. Right. Now, as you're cooking the turkey and you're on the smoker, uh, you can also, uh, as you're doing it, you can have like little spreads or a little mm. rub that you can i mean uh, on the turkey or if you want like sometime during the, the the cooking process i mean if you want to add a little more butter to make it brown wow really so you can too. actually just kind of continue to yeah I'm, i want to say coat and and flavor you could continue to add flavor yeah smoking that you know, I I wouldn't keep opening the smoker, sure. but looky a couple loo. of times, yeah, no looky loo. <laughs> All right, so so that's smoking a turkey. Yeah. So yeah, let's talk about the different methods of frying a turkey. So and and I, and when I say methods, I'm talking about equipment. Right. So today there are a lot of like tabletop turkey fryers. Really. And which is pretty safe. Uh-huh. And, you know, people just, they just sit on like a fry daddy or something like that. Sure. But only there for cooking turkeys. Really? Uh, that is the safest way to cook a turkey. Really? Yeah. Just use just one, get of, one those. of those. Yeah. Just buy just them. Pull. They sell them. They, uh, Butterball has one. Sure. Some other folks have them. Yeah. And they'll be right, about right now. They'll be selling them at Lowe's, Home Depot, okay. all those places. All the- They're going to have these and you'll see the infomercials on TV. <laughs> About the turkey, the right. potato fryers, right? And so, which is cool. I mean, and then for those, 
Just follow the instructions. They got a little book. They tell oh. you how long it should be in there. Okay. What temperature and that. And, and that's the easy way. I would say just follow the instructions on a turkey fryer. Do not try to do and anything else. And they have else. 800 numbers and all that kind of oh, stuff. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can do that. But You but, think they're available on Thanksgiving? Oh, yeah. You know, Butterball and those guys, they have a 1-800 line, and they're answering questions on Thanksgiving for folks trying to cook Wow. Turkey. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they All do. Right. They do. All right. Yeah, cool. some of these turkey turkey uh, manufacturers or these turkey farmers or, yeah. you know, companies. Yeah. They do. Oh, well, they're yeah. smart. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, great. but the thing is now, I'm old school. So, they have these kits that they sell. Mm-hmm. at the big box you can get them i mean you get them online but you get them sure. at the big box stores yeah big box hardware stores or whatever and this then you get the pot you get the little turkey fryers little propane stove mm-hmm. and you get a big turkey fryer pot and so that's the way i do it oh wow and that's old school to me you're gonna get a a little more crispy or turkey mm. and that's how i like to fry the turkey and so the what oil do I use? It yeah. just depends. So most folks that fry turkeys use peanut oil. Ooh. Right. But if you have folks that peanut allergies, then you, you don't, don't do that. Do but that. there's other oils you can use. But typically, Louisiana, Southern style, they're using mm. peanut oil. Mm. And peanut oil has a it can go to very high temperatures before it burns. Right. But even though you're cooking your turkey at three hundred and twenty five degrees, so you're not going crazy hot right, right right but any so you're going to like i said get one of these little turkey fryer mm-hmm. kits right from one of the big box stores right have your little propane tank there got it and so you're going to and, and the pot even when you get the turkey pot it tells you how far to fill it up with the mm. oil based on the weight of your turkey sure and so you set it all up in a nice open area which is not your garage <laughs> <laughs> i like how you emphasize that the open area which is as not your garage, garage because a, a lot of times you know and some of our listeners are back into places where they have cold winters mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. you know thanksgiving there's sure snow, it's cold sure outside. now if it's cold and snow outside does not mean, okay, I can do it in my garage. Right. Because there's a lot of fires and house Ooh. fires and whatever. People Started trying to fry the- turkeys. Yep. That makes sense. All that right. makes sense. All right. So we're going to put our oil in the pot. So we got the pot on. We got the, it's all set up safety and we should have a K-class fire extinguisher available. Whoa. Just in case. Just in case. We got open flame. And we also have hot grease, so we got oil and flame, Ooh, and it could be dangerous. that could be that right. could be a disaster. Be. That's why we say don't do it in the garage. <laughs> That's why we this don't is, want to do it in the garage. Yes, that makes right, sense. Right. So anyway, safety first. Yes. So have a fire extinguisher there. So uh, the thing is, put the oil in, mm-hmm. and with the kit, it's going to come a long turkey thermometer. It's a thermometer that reaches down in oil. Yeah. And in the oil. You want to get the oil up to 325 degrees. Wow. You can get it up a little higher because when you drop the turkey in, which is going to be cool, it's going to drop the temperature. Got it. Okay. So you take it and the turkey has like a little rack that sticks Mm. up through the turkey. Okay. And you have a little tool that you hold up and you can pick up the rack and then you just Mm. slowly 
lower the turkey into the oil. Oh, slowly wow. lower the turkey into Do the oil. Do not. I, and it's going to bubble up. It's going to be bubbling yeah. up. I mean, so uh, you drop it into the, you slowly lower it into the oil. And so the thing with fried turkeys, and especially it, it's, it takes about three and a half minutes per pound to cook a turkey. That's fast. It's very fast. At 325 degrees, about three and a half minutes a pound. And so they, you got a 14 pound turkey, it's done within an hour. Yeah. So yeah. I normally cook two fried turkeys on Thanksgiving. And so two hours, I've got two turkeys that are done. Wow. Right, right. So you just you put it in there, you calculate three and a half minutes per pound. Yeah. And so the thing is, when you drop it, the temperature is going to go down to 300. You know, it's going to drop. Right. And you're trying to you're trying to ease, ease the temperature back, back up, up to 325. Right. And you want to keep it in right and not a lot higher than that. And then you just want to cook it right there at that range. Mm. And so, you know, it could be, I would say, maybe plus or minus. Well, not usually it's. You may want to leave it in just a little bit longer, okay? Because it depends on how long before you can get the temperature up to three twenty-five. Right, makes right, sense. Right. That makes sense. Right. So you plan on three and a half minutes. So give it about five to ten minute um, buffer time, buffer if you time. will. Mm -hmm. Right, right. And that's it. You pull it out. You let it drain, and just like the smoked turkey, the fried turkey, you want to let the turkey rest for about 15 minutes before you mm. start cutting into it that makes sense right and then you've got and then that's fried turkey and that's smoked turkey wow right it's not it's <laughs> not that hard it's really not that hard uh certainly not that hard and uh like i said before with the fried turkey using the propane method mm -hmm. that way that i mean you really safety first there, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No doubt. So if it's your first time, maybe you do want to try and use the tabletop. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but if you have some space outside or whatever, sure. it's yeah, you can you can really do it safely. You just need to be careful. Yeah. So I have a brother. We always joke around on Thanksgiving. Oh. So we call and say, "Hey, man, how you doing? What you up to?" And he says, "Well." I'm, I'm about to drop this frozen turkey into my <laughs> into <laughs> this frozen. hot grease. Well, so I would say, look, that's <laughs> the last thing you do. You do not put frozen Real turkeys turkey. in anything, right? Hot grease or whatever. Oh no, you're gonna have an explosion. So yes, make sure your turkey's thawed and seasoned and whatever, and before you stick it into the oil. Okay, easy enough. Yeah, I know. Uh, what I gotta do. <laughs> All right, that's smoked turkey and that's fried turkey. Mm. I'm ready. I, I think I'm going to get a turkey here soon. <laughs> All right. Yeah, try it out. Try it out. Well, it's that time of the show where we answer a listener question. Doctor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Dr. Andre Jones, who sent us a question today, and, and what's the question? Well, we have Melissa from Buffalo, New York. She's asking a question that we talked about a little bit, and we should probably go a little bit more detail. How long does it take to thaw a turkey? completely oh wow wow well this is turkey day i'm glad we took a turkey question yeah this is, exactly this is our turkey show it is our annual turkey, turkey show, show. <laughs> <laughs> we do this every year folks yes you should yes, go back yes. and listen to season one which you can find on spotify anchor.fm google Podcasts, and apple Podcasts. that is get your barbecue on with 
Ken Alexander, the podcast. See? Cheap plug. It's yeah, great. man. That's, you do that so well. You know? I've been practicing. <laughs> <laughs> so how long does it take? We talked about this. We, you said you could put w- water on it. It should take, like, well, it takes some hours. Takes hours, yeah. So the, the best way to thaw a turkey, one is a frozen turkey, is to buy it early. Right. And so about three days in the refrigerator. Three days. Yeah, three days oh. in the refrigerator. Got it. All right. Don't leave it out because you're inviting foodborne food illnesses. illnesses. Yeah, yeah. Don't leave it out because you're inviting foodborne illnesses. And why not hot water? Why not running on a hot water? Well, the thing is, you don't want to run on the hot water. Again, I, it has to do with foodborne illnesses. So where you've got part of the turkeys in hot water, and then plus... As it thaws, some of the hot water is starting to like kind of like cook the turkey. Oh, a little bit, wow. depending on how hot your water is. Right. So you just want it to just slowly let thaw. it thaw out. Right, right. You're not trying to cook it. And again, it's all about bacteria and things. And yeah. I mean, and, and that's the thing, it's already enough stuff in the turkey. I mean, you know, that's one of the reasons that we don't even rinse poultry. Oh, wow. Right. It's not recommended to rinse it or anything, you know, because you're just spreading those mm-hmm. things around that mm-hmm. splashes around and just spreading it around. So, right. So, you don't even want to do that. Wow. Got it. So, got it. Got it. Yeah. And then when it's in the refrigerator, do we want to put anything under it? Because, yeah, yeah. It you like, don't want to leak in it. So, yeah. set it in a pan, set it somewhere. So, just in case the plastic has a hole in it or whatever you don't want sure. turkey juice all over uh, no. the refrigerator right so i would say make sure you have some space in there put it in a pan and just mm-hmm. let it thaw in the refrigerator easy enough that's it easy 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 all right and don't drop a frozen turkey into grease <laughs> right 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 moral of the story melissa right, moral right, of the story right. there's plenty of those incidents on youtube right and, uh, <laughs> no you don't want to be one of those people no <laughs> <laughs> And Melissa, thank you so much for your question. You can leave other questions for Ken and myself to answer by going to our website, www.getyourbarbecueonthepodcast.com. Or you can just send us an email, getyourbbqon at gmail.com. All right. Thanks, Melissa. Well, it's time for us to check in with the doctor, dun, 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 dun. our pit master, dun, dun. grill master, dun, dun, and trainer, dun, 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 dun. Dr. Andre Jones. Dun, 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 dun. Hey, okay, so I got a great story for you. So, you know, I've been doing a lot of work on the grill, focusing on meats. The new grill. The new grill. Oh, right, and I love grill. the new grill. The new grill is just it's just power right there yeah, just, yeah. Oof, when it turns on. And I've been actually, one of my assignments uh, per homework uh, has been controlling the heat, right, which I have right. mastered now controlling the heat, which feels great because there was the one time I lit up all six burners and almost burned the house down. Note to self, don't light all six. You don't need there them. You go. So that especially, was, especially according to Bob. You know. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that grill should not go over, <laughs> should not go over 500 degrees. Why <laughs> right, is right, it right, 400 right. degrees really? <laughs> so I, I'm very proud of what I've done on the mm, grill. Okay. And now it was time to focus on sides. Oh, yes. Sides on the grill? Well, 
sides just in general oh, in because general. I, I i would so you say your meat game is you've been raising the meat game like it's but, pure yeah right 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 but the side game is was, was really work it, it did it really did yeah, because kind of rudimentary the side game so now you want to okay. yeah up, up and up the side game because you know craft mac and cheese can only taste so good for so long <laughs> right, you know right, right, <laughs> especially right. when you're you have Ken as a mentor whose mac and cheese is smacking, as the kids would say. So I, uh, um, I've i been doing a lot of homework on sides and making sides, different okay. type of sides. And, right. and also I've been really working on my uh, crock pot skills oh. as well, which okay. has been very nice in days mm. that it's a little too chilly to go outside to, uh, like it's chilly here in Tucson, but when it's too chilly to go outside to play on the grill, I'll play something on a, on a crock pot. But one of my favorite ones I want to talk to you about is and tell you about really is my, as I call it, very lazy mac and cheese. Okay. It's very lazy. It's very all lazy. homemade, but mm-hmm. it's very lazy. <laughs> all right. And all right. how I how I found this, I found this recipe online, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I made it as instructed, and it was good. And then the next time I made it, I wasn't really paying attention oh. to it, okay. <laughs> to the recipe. And it was, it, you're supposed to put things in like one at a time. Yes, yes. Well, I just threw it all in a pot mm. <laughs> and I just stirred it up and said, yeah, that looks good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I think I'm doing this right, right? right, right. I put the cheese in there, make it extra cheesy, kept stirring it up. And um, I you know, got the macaroni, got them all cooked up and I poured it all together. And then I put it in the oven and I looked at the recipe, all proud of myself. And then I realized, I didn't put everything in one at a time. Wow. Okay. Mm, I did it little by little. So I, uh, or did it all at once. So I uh, pulled them out mm-hmm. and I, I went to the child first, let the child, cause she loves mac and cheese. Yes. And if she likes it, then it's a success. Right, right, right. She had three helpings of it. Oh. And I'm like, Oh, so I can do size. And so <laughs> I had a bite of it. I'm like, Oh my gosh. And then I had my mom come over and we made it together. And uh, I'm like, here you go. Try it. I'm like, it's not good as Ken's, but here, try it. It's good anyway. It's awesome. Right. And she loved it. Two helpings. Like when we had our our Labor Day kind of get together. Yeah, I remember that. We had pans of mac and cheese and two of them were gone. Mm. I mean, like people kept going back and getting more and more and more. It was great. So... I'm now, and then also on top of that, we've been doing some sides on the grill, which is zucchini and squash. Oh. So we will take it, we'll uh, rub it down with some uh, um, some oil. Olive oil. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then we put the same rub that we put on the chicken Ooh. or whatever meat, we put it on the zucchini or the squash. Mm. Mm. It's good. Man. Delicious. Yeah. And they cook really quick. I, I really love the the top rack oh yeah which the is top a way rack, right. yeah that's like my secret weapon mm-hmm. to, really to get everything done and keep it nice and warm right Ooh, grill marks look amazing mm. the taste is good my mom as you know she likes things a little charred right so we have charred vegetables and non-charred vegetables so that way <laughs> she is happy and the rest of us are happy right man our the the plate game is it's getting there right the plate right, game right, is getting right. there it's it, looking delicious mm, mm, all mm, right mm. plating you know plating is important it is right, it is right. i just got to work on 
the plates now because <laughs> I got so uh, yeah. all sorts of different plates. Yeah, no, nothing so, consistent. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't have a set or anything. I have like two. <laughs> and one of them was my mother's. <laughs> She's like, here you go. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do with this? Oh, I already have a set. So yeah. now I have two sets and they're yeah. totally opposite from each other. Wow. No consistency. Don't bring mm. in one over. <laughs> so so that's what I've been doing. I've been playing the side game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the mac and cheese, you know, we always talk about, uh, you know, a recipe is just a starting place. Right. So it looks like you found a recipe online and mm-hmm. now you've made some modifications and now it's your own absolutely well, absolutely yeah. yeah yeah all right and don't get me started about my beef stroganoff and the crock pot man the doctor started grilling and next thing you know you're cooking everything right right what did you do to me <laughs> i think it's because i'm in my junior year that's what's going yeah, on right yeah right right yeah, yeah. So in the junior year by the time i graduate i'll be a full full-blown chef yeah yeah sure <laughs> yeah when you get your uh get your barbecue on apron yes exactly right <laughs> exactly it's not a diploma it's an apron <laughs> all right well all right doctor i'm it's good to see that you're up in your side game yeah in time for thanksgiving because you know sides are very important they are thanksgiving. they are all right and i'm gonna be responsible for mac and cheese well, I know I am. Hey, you know, we'll be checking in with you next month. Yeah. And find out, you know, how Thanksgiving went. Oh. And some of those new sides you're working on. Yeah. Everyone at home, please say a prayer. <laughs> I'll need one. <laughs> it's right. part of my final here. <laughs> it's my midterm. Say a prayer. <laughs> right, right. You know, we got midterms mid December. Uh, so, yeah. All right. The doctor. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. No problem. Thank we'll you. Be, yeah, thanks. Uh, we'll check in with you next month. Sounds good. All right. Well, it's time for us to take a break. You've been listening to Get Your Barbecue On, the podcast with Ken Alexander and my co-host, the doctor. Dun, when, dun. <laughs> yeah, when we return, we're going to be with Paul Reyes. We're going to be talking chow down, Italian food and pizza. This is going to be our first guest coming on from the food truck world. So we'll be right back. Stay tuned. Are you a local business or entrepreneur looking for the winning edge to promote your business? We here at Octavia Media got you covered. Our award-winning marketing strategies are guaranteed to produce the best results to make your business stand out beyond your competitors. You can find us at OctaviaMedia.com for more information. Octavia Media is a black-owned business dedicated to building your brand and empowering your business. This is Ken from Ken's Hardwood Barbecue Restaurant, where we have created a blend of barbecue and southern cooking. We have taken the best barbecue styles and flavors from Texas, Missouri, and the Carolinas. What food has meant to my family is a way to come together and fellowship. We invite you to come and join us. We are located at 5250 East 22nd Street in Tucson at the crossroads of Craycroft and 22nd. Call us at 520-745-4746. Come on down and get your barbecue on. All right, welcome back to Get Your Barbecue On with Ken Alexander, the podcast. I'm here with my co-host, the doctor. Dun, 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 dun. And hey, we have a very special guest today. We got a food truck? 
We got a food truck. Yeah, you know, hey, it's our first food truck owner operator for our, our food truck series. I like it. This season, mm-hmm. we're talking food. We're That's talking right. food trucks, I mean. and so today we have Paul Reyes. All right, from Chow Down. How we doing, y'all? Hey, all right. welcome. All right. They're over there making those fantastic pizzas and mm. selling Italian food on the truck. Oh wow. Right. I love it. I love it. Uh, I like a pepperoni with a side. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm done. <laughs> I will say about half the people enjoy pepperoni pizza. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that really? is by far the most popular pizza that we uh, that we have other than our uh, signature pizza that is. All oh, right. So we'll get into all that later, I'm sure. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah I'm right. sure. I'm sure. <laughs> so uh, welcome to the show, Paul. Thanks for having and, me. And we really appreciate you coming out, mm-hmm. especially starting this series out for us. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no I, pressure. I, yeah, I, you know, a lot of people they don't really know what's involved with being a food truck owner and operating a food truck, and uh, you know that's why I wanted to have some folks on the show to just kind of talk about their their experience and and basically kind of delve into the industry a little bit absolutely experience and struggles <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so uh where are you from paul so i'm actually uh from tucson arizona i'm oh. born and raised really um, oh, wow. in my career pursuit of uh food beverage i actually ended mm-hmm. up uh, three years up in scottsdale arizona Oh. Um, you know, big city living wasn't necessarily for me, so uh, mm-hmm. yeah, came yeah. right back to the smaller big city down here in Tucson. <laughs> Got right, it, right, right. So, uh, where'd you go to high school? Uh, that kind of stuff down here. Uh, so, I'm actually a uh, northwest side of Tucson, so I went to Mount View High School, graduated oh. 2004. Okay, oh, okay. All, right. Cool. all right, 2004. So, you explored food and beverage up in Scottsdale, came back down here, and why a food truck? So I've been doing a uh, food and beverage for almost, I think it's close to about 12 years at the point that we got into the food truck world. And I had just had a daughter. Um, oh, okay. So she is now five years old now. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Um, but working up at a resort <laughs> here in Tucson, you know, the late hours, the yeah. stress of the job, just food and beverage in general. You start throwing all that on there when you got a newborn child. Yeah. It's impossible. Pit. Yeah. yeah, it's impossible. And so the corporate world, I uh, realized, wasn't necessarily something that was going to really allow me to be the father that I wanted to be. Wow. And a uh, buddy of mine was actually talking to me about a food truck. Mm -hmm. And at the time, food truck was not anything I ever considered. So I've always worked in fine dining restaurants. Um, So when you bring up food truck to me at the time, you know, I'm thinking roach coach. (laughs) Right, right, right. Yeah, that's how they normally refer to, I mean, coming up, that's what they call the roach coach. Yeah, absolutely. But then you uh, start to see the freedom that can be involved in it. You know, you start getting that little thought in the back of your head. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can be my own boss. Right. Yeah. My own hours. Yeah. Make my own money. Sure. I can go do what I want to do. Right. And so when we got into uh, our food truck, we really wanted to almost bring that five-star experience to the streets. So, cause to me, that would be something completely different. Right. Um, kind of getting away from that roach coach. Right. So mm-hmm. on our truck, we actually have the full uh, cutout of our windows. So it's a full on open kitchen. You can right. see everything right. that's going on there. Whoa. And from the time we're stretching the dough to the time, you know, someone's making pizza to the time it's going in the oven, you can view the whole experience. Really? Cause we wanted to uh, just show everyone we don't have anything to hide when it mm-hmm. comes to 
anything. <laughs> so right, sure. right, right. All these right. Uh, other food trucks, you know, they have these small windows. Right. Yeah, kinda, you don't see what's going right on, on in, in the back, right. right? Yeah, you're trying to get a small glimpse of what's going on. <laughs> sure. Know? So for me, we just want to eliminate that doubt of, you know, mm -hmm. what's going on with my food. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so this way people can actually see the full experience. And I think it, it really brings that five-star element to the streets. I mean, it actually does. You guys have a, a you know, wonderful looking food truck, man. I mean, that whole, like you said, that, that openness and just seeing you guys back there working, it, 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 it is different from a lot of other food trucks. Yeah. And the other beautiful thing about it is for the people that work on the truck, uh, you know, a lot of guys that work in kitchens are used to kind of being stuck in the restaurant. <laughs> right, mm -hmm. You right. can't ever see outside. You don't know what's going right, on. You right. walk in at one moment, it's daylight. You walk out next thing, <laughs> it rained and it's dark. Wet, right, like, right. Right. And so this way with the full windows all the way around, you really get to be in the element of the event sure. that you're at. You're right, involved, right, 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 you're right. involved. You're connected mm -hmm. to everyone's going on. Exactly, yeah. you get a real pulse of what's going on sure. outside the kitchen. Sure, Yeah, yeah, that, that's all cool until you're just looking at that long line, you know, <laughs> that right. endless line coming at you. Yeah, yeah that could be the downside to it. <laughs> sure. When you're there in the weeds and you got all these eyeballs just staring at you. <laughs> right, 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 like where's my food? Exactly. Yeah. So you're no. like, I'm going as fast as I can, yeah. even possibly. When you get some hungry folks, man, it's like, you know, the walking dead outside the window. Right, right, <laughs> right. right. Yeah. But, I, but I do think that is really a classy touch, the way you mm. guys design the food truck. Oh, thank you much. Yeah, it mm. uh, makes all the difference. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, why pizza? So that goes into a bit of the history of the truck. So mm -hmm. the uh, truck is actually from a, a school district here in Tucson. Right. Oh, it looks wow. like it's sort yeah. of like a school bus. Yeah. So it was an old Head Start bus uh, for really? the FI school district here. Oh, wow. And a uh, buddy of mine, he is actually the one that bought, designed, built this entire truck. Oh, wow. Um, so he used to actually work for Apple in the uh, corporate world there. Mm -hmm. And he decided he was going to start a food truck. And uh, he consulted with me along the way and, you know, he got into it and he uh, eventually took the truck up to Denver. And once it got up to Denver, he did a few shifts and realized, you know what? I'm a tech guy. I'm not a food guy. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so as soon as I heard that, that's what really got this whole idea going. And right. That's yeah. uh, when I ended up buying the truck. Mm -hmm. Pizza wasn't necessarily what I wanted to do first. Right. Uh, to me, pizza was just too simple. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and then uh, we got the truck and... I was looking at the equipment and I got a built-in pizza oven. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, once you start like looking at it, <laughs> right. you kind of got to go with two. what you got. Right, yeah. yeah. And so we uh, just started making pizza. And wow. I'll say some of the first pizzas that came out of that oven were absolutely horrendous looking. <laughs> uh, honestly, I didn't know what the hell I was doing right, when I right, got into right. it. Right. Yeah. But, uh, you know, like you were talking about earlier, you get a recipe off the internet. Yep. Oh, yeah. And yeah, you yeah. start experimenting around with dough. Sure. And, sure. Um, it really kind of becomes a passion. It becomes, that's why they call it culinary arts. Right. So, right. It's an art. Yeah. So yeah. really, uh, kind of, I got immersed in the world of it. Mm. And so I was like, you know, if I'm making pizza, I'm just going to make the best damn pizza that I can possibly right. make. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, thousands of pizzas later. <laughs> sure. Yeah. It's, yeah. You know, I like to say that we make we make a pretty good pizza. But yeah. yeah. So pizza just kind of came by default. Um, once we got into the streets, though, we started to realize one big thing. Huh. Everybody loves pizza. 
Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. And it's so, I mean, the, by or, default. Yeah. An award winning business model was built in. <laughs> sure. You know, with that oven built in the truck. Right. right. So after that, we uh, stuck with it and we just ran with it. I love right, it. Right. Well, you, you know, pizza is a food group of its own. Like that's in a lot of people's minds, really. It's <laughs> like it's literally its own food group. No, cool. it absolutely is. And one of the cool things is once you start uh, experimenting, you start playing with different recipes. Yeah. You know, uh, a few months ago, we had a taco pizza. Wow. wow. Green chili cheeseburger pizzas. What? You know? So you can go anywhere with sure. Bre- right. Breakfast pizzas. You right. You can do, you know. It's and, it's so diverse. You can do anything, anything with it. What did you want to do first? A set of pizza. What was the first thing you wanted to do? Oh, man. Honestly, I really couldn't tell you because my ideas were so all over the place at that point. Got it. <laughs> I didn't know what I wanted to do. Gotcha. It's funny looking back because I had that idea of pizza was something too simple. Right. I want it to be more complex. Right. right. But then once you start getting into pizza and you start getting into dough making and you start to realize it's not no, simple it's, right. at all. Right. And so yeah. you uh, really start to pull that complexity out of it. Mm. Uh, so once I learned, I guess, the ground rules for making pizza, then I was able to start getting a little more creative with it. Yeah, so to answer your question, I honestly have no idea what I wanted. Right. (laughs) No, I mean, yeah, Yeah. I mean, but there is a lot of, I would say a lot of room to be creative with pizzas. I Mm -hmm. mean, and and you guys have done that and are doing that. I mean, I've traveled all around the world and there's like, I've I've had pizzas in a lot of different countries. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of variety of pizzas. And just like you said, I'm sure that you already know that. And uh, so even though it started out simple, mm-hmm. now you guys have like really uh, kind of mastered and offer, you know, a, 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 a real good offering of different types mm-hmm. of pizzas. No, absolutely. And that's one of the uh, things I like to tell people is once you learn, like I was talking about earlier, the ground rules of what it is that you're making, that's right. when you can start having fun with it and mm-hmm. you can start experimenting mm-hmm. with things. I uh, contribute a lot of this to like the craft beer movement that is happening right. or, or happened or started happening a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, all of a sudden we can start sourcing all these different ingredients from everywhere. We can start making something our own. We can start creating something that is somewhat the same, but is different. We put our own mm-hmm. you know, touch on it. And so with our pizza, we started doing the same thing. We started um, actually experimenting with different yeast. So, cause I used to do some home brewing at home. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And one of the first batches of pizza that we made, the yeast was completely dead. And oh. So I don't know what I was making, some type of like hard <laughs> flatbread type thing. But, right. you know, without those active cultures, right. uh, nothing was happening. Mm-hmm. Right. So I started looking around. It's really late. I can't go to the store and just pick up some yeast. And I got this champagne yeast over here with my brewing equipment. Right, right. Let's try that. So if you've never tried doing... You know, different type of uh, no, I haven't. ingredients in there. It <laughs> creates a totally different pizza experience. Sure. Right. And so our crust is like um, nothing else because we use that champagne yeast and I never look back. Wow. Really? Oh, yeah. So yeah, you can uh, start getting creative with your craft. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, that's great. So uh, what are some of the best things uh, about being a food truck owner and operator? So my absolute favorite thing about being in the food truck world is that every day is completely different Mm. so there are days where we're at someone's wedding and then Mm -hmm. the next day we are in a retirement community Mm -hmm. and the Mm -hmm. following day we're at a tap and bottle shop the next day we're at a brewery next day we're at a hospital sure so with that every single day you get to meet new people Mm -hmm. you get to have new experiences 
there's days that we don't even really know what we're rolling into, but we show up and <laughs> sure. next thing you know, like we're treated to do a concert afterwards. Wow. That's so, awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Every shift has its own rewards. Right. It. So we've had some really unique experiences all throughout the state. Ultimately, if there's hungry people, you know, we're there. Right. Yeah. Right. Awesome. Yeah. Everything from wine festivals, um, I mean, concerts, art festivals. Sure. This weekend, actually, we're heading up to the base of Mount Lemon here in Tucson. And we're going to watch a whole bunch of mountain bikers ride from the bottom to the top oh. and back down again. Wow. All within the span of a couple hours. Wow. And wow. They're going to be pretty hungry when they get yes, back. Yes, they will. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, no, you know, we got to be there for that. But uh, with that, we're going to be kind of working remotely. It's almost like camping. So right, I'm going right. to be camping. I'm going to be working. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's where the really cool thing is you get to experience life sure. while you're out building your own business right yeah, in a career yeah. sense. where you really couldn't have that flexibility in a resort world because that was basically owned by well the people who owned a resort and also the parties that you had and everything else yeah and once you're inside the halls of that resort you don't leave there right and right so ultimately that becomes your life mm-hmm. and the funny thing is i mentioned i moved back from phoenix or scottsdale right and when i came back I never really realized how alive this town was mm-hmm. until suddenly I was part of the fabric of that town, right. getting to attend all these different festivals, all sure. these different events mm-hmm. and concerts. Mm-hmm. And when you're in the streets and you're getting to experience all these things, you really start to realize how alive your town is. Right, right. right and you right. realize that you know, boring <laughs> Tucson after you come back from Phoenix is actually much more beautiful, much more alive than you could have ever possibly imagined. Right, right, right. Where people say a lot, I hear it a lot that, you know, there's nothing to do in Tucson. It's like, well, your finger's not on the pulse. That's <laughs> yeah. that's really what's what it is because there is so many amazing activities happening in this town at all times. I absolutely agree. Yeah, I mean, having a mobile restaurant because mm-hmm. really that's what it is, a mobile restaurant. There are a lot of opportunities out there. Mm-hmm. And absolutely. So, yeah, yeah. So tell us about some of the challenges that you have. I mean, a lot of people don't understand how much work it really is and with a food truck or a mobile restaurant, kitchen, whatever you want to call it. Uh, what do you find some of the, the challenges? Sure. Just in general, um, that's one of the things that I guess kind of uh, almost hurts me about the industry. You see so many people getting into this industry that are chasing their dreams Mm -hmm. and they don't realize the work and everything that goes into a food truck. Mm -hmm. And I kind of have the same thing getting into it. You know, oh, food truck is going to be easy. I worked in restaurants for a long time. Right. In the truck. It's going to be awesome. Like no problem whatsoever. (laughs) And then you start to realize (laughs) it's slow. Everything slowly starts to creep in too. Cause you may be really great at making food, but Uh are you good at selling food? Mm -hmm. All right. So right there. And that kind of throws up your first little hurdle there. And then yeah. you start getting into other things. Now your truck breaks down. Are you a good mechanic? Mm-hmm. Ooh. Do you know a good mechanic? Ooh. Then we can get into generators. I mean, that's probably a whole episode <laughs> oh, on its own. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. So, yeah. If, if your generator is down, your truck's down. Sure. Right. And Absolutely. you're not running. Right. So what do you do in that situation? Then on top of that, you got to also handle hiring. You got to handle all your HR stuff. You sure. got to handle your payroll. Right. You got to manage your food costs. And, you know, and it just starts to cascade from there. Sure. Um, so that's one of the things that hurts me the most in this industry is seeing people get into it mm. and not necessarily realize everything that is involved in it. Because we've seen a lot of trucks fall by the wayside over the five, almost six years that we've been going now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, when people ask me I, about getting into the business, even the restaurant business, I th- 
I always say cooking food is the easy part. Mm-hmm. I mean, mo- a lot of people say, man, I'm a great cook. I've got great food and people really like it. But until you start selling food, right, you don't realize that cooking is the easy part Absolutely. and that there's so many other things just like you described mm-hmm. that go along with it. And those are going to determine whether you're going to be successful or not. No, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Cooking food was the fun part. And that's the part I wish I had more time to do more of. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. um, once you get so large, it's actually pretty much impossible for you to be sitting there making this food. Sure. Um, you're just sure. running all the behind the scenes stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's it's easy to cook. It's fun to cook. You know, mm-hmm. Yeah. Get, going in the backyard, firing up the grill. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, firing right. up the smoker on the weekends, sure. grabbing sure. some beers. That's right. fun. Yeah, that's fun. Right. But when you make it your business and you make it mm-hmm. your career, you make it your life, you know, it can still be fun. And that passion has to be there. Right. But it becomes a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And so the right. best uh, thing that I've learned is just how to properly manage your time. Um, and also just setting up your system of systems mm-hmm. right, to make sure that everything uh, can flow nicely and also that it can flow nicely without you being there all the time. Yeah. Because um, I left the resort to spend more time with my family. Right. Mm-hmm. And once the food truck started taking off, you start to realize like, hey, I'm right back You're, to... Uh, <laughs> right back to where you were at the resort. Yeah. A yeah. little bit more freedom, a lot more fun with it. But you realize like, hey, kids grow up. They grow up fast, mm-hmm. yeah. real fast. Mm-hmm. So going into it, you got to have a solid plan. Yeah. Right, right, right. I, yeah, I really like what you talked about is organization and being organized mm-hmm. and and having a plan. Absolutely. And yeah. having a lot of money. Got to have a lot of money to make a little bit of money mm-hmm. in this business. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, you do have to have some working capital. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Right, right. So, And that was one of the things that I learned in my first business. I started my first business when I was 18 years old. Had no clue what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what I got out of that. I got $22,000 in credit card debt. Mm. And what? that was my $22,000 lesson right there, though, right. on what not to do. What was your first business? Uh, so I actually had an oxygen bar. Oh, so, okay. That was big time yeah. <laughs> at one point. Yeah, yeah. so I saw oxygen him, bar. saw him in Vegas. I thought it was cool. Yeah. And so we started up an oxygen bar rental company here in Tucson. Mm-hmm. Basically got into it, purchased the equipment the easy part mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden i don't have any money for advertising uh, how am i going to get this bar around mm-hmm. you know i got a little like little sports car type thing like, oh right. wow and so you kind of had to start adding all this stuff up and it was something that i just immediately rushed into and didn't realize everything that was going mm-hmm. on with that right but uh ultimately you know that was my twenty two thousand dollar lesson Mm. And that's the thing that set me up to be where I'm at now. And you have to have those failures. Right. And it's better to start something earlier when you can kind of recover from it mm-hmm. when you're in those younger years. Right. I mean, those are the, those are the lessons learned. I like to say it's only a lesson learned if you learn the lesson. It sounds like you learned the <laughs> yeah, lesson. I yeah. definitely did. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about. A little bit, a lot of bit about Chow Down and 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 what you guys offer and you know because you are a pretty popular food truck around town. So, what are you offering that folks love you that that much? Yeah, our offer ultimately is something different. So I respect the tradition of making Italian pizzas and things like that. If you're looking for traditional Italian pizza, mm-hmm. go to Italy. Because you're not going to find it on my food truck. So <laughs> right, right, we were right, out right, to right. set something different from the get-go. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, one of our most popular pizzas, other than pepperoni, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we call it our legendary snake bite. 
Oh, so yeah. This man. is a pizza that's already different because it's made on our uh, champagne pizza dough. Right, right, right. And then from that, our sauce, we top that with a raspberry chipotle jam. Ooh. Mozzarella, provolone. Ooh. Cream cheese. Ooh. Bacon. Mm. Jalapeno. Bacon. Man, my son loves that snake bite. You know, we've been to a lot of events at done to some of a lot of the same food truck events. And uh yeah, when we're there, I mean they're always saying, Hey man, I need to get one of those snake bites today. <laughs> that is our one that has the uh cult following going along with right. it. Right. Um so that was the big thing with uh Chow Down was just being different. Mm-hmm. And um the other thing is just adapting over time to your customers' wants and your customers' needs and what your business is gonna allow. Uh, when we first started out, we were also making our Italian sodas. Mm-hmm. And so when they were handcrafted Italian sodas. Wow. And we started to get really busy with pizzas. Yeah. And we were we had such a demand for pizzas that when we would sell the occasional one, two, or three of these Italian sodas, it would throw everything off. Right. So it would mess up our groove and you know, it just wasn't wow. It wasn't happening. So that was one of those things that we just had to remove. Right. Uh, from that. So you had to be adaptable going into your business. But making those changes are what really uh, sets you apart and mm-hmm. can right. help you continue to uh, thrive in that. I mean, yeah, because customer service is so important mm-hmm. on the food truck and getting the food out the window. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. sometimes you do have to cut the menu depending on the event and how many people are there. Yeah, to, you to, definitely to, have to be quick. You don't want people standing in front of your truck no. for 20, 30 minutes. Right. <laughs> and if you continue doing that, you're not going to be making money in the long mm-hmm. run. Right, 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 right. So, I mean, that's great. That's great. Yeah. Uh, so, Snake Bite, is that, that's your signature pizza. You said you had a cult following. Yeah. Uh, so, it's actually amazing to me because, like I said, we travel all throughout the state. Mm-hmm. And we'll be somewhere at a small, you know, little event uh, somewhere in Sonoda and mm-hmm. someone will pop up. Hey, let me get that snake bite. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, looking, I'm like, hey, we're like 120 miles away from where we're <laughs> yeah, going. Yeah, like, right. Right, right. And so people, they'll find us. Yeah, <laughs> so right. We uh, had a private event a couple of weeks ago at one of the uh, colleges here in town. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were actually completely surrounded by a wall and I'm getting messages from people. Hey, <laughs> we know that you're at uh, this event here. You know, what's going on? Can we get a snake bite? <laughs> wow. And so, you know, we'll slip one over the wall real quick. Right. Sure, like, <laughs> sure. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, you guys are really good on social media. Uh, and so talk a little bit about your social media. Yeah, so social media, that really is, unlike when I started my first business where, you know, you're I don't know how people advertise right. before right. before social media. Do I have to like sit here and make you know television commercials? Right, sure, right, right. it didn't exist before social media. Yeah, really. but yeah, you know, social media for everything good, bad, whether if you like it and you love it, you hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where conversations are happening, mm-hmm. and that's where the pulse of the town's happening at. Mm-hmm. So if you want to find these events and things to do in your town, you have to be on social media to find these things. Absolutely. So we really adopt. Um, our social media, we like to put out what we consider to be great content, very informative content uh, for our guests. And that's ultimately, that's what sells your food. Right, that's right, right. that's your platform to tell people, you know, what makes your product different? Mm-hmm. What makes your truck different? Where are you going to be at? Mm-hmm. You know, what's your process like? And ultimately, that's where you begin to find the voice of your business. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. By seeing they're doing those repetitions and posting or doing videos uh, or even podcast for your business that's mm-hmm. where you really start to discover what your business is what it stands for what it believes in and that's where your business really starts to take life it's almost like a it's it's a journal 
Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it is. And that's one of the really cool things is you can go back on yeah. social media and you can kind of see where you're at then. And yeah, where you're right, at today. right. Where sure. you're at today. Um, yeah. yeah, you I, definitely I've, have to have it. Yeah, I've seen on, uh, on your website that folks can order. I mean, you, you always post up where you're going to be, just like you said, and then they can order pickup. They just order online and come and pick it up. Mm-hmm. And I think, do you have some delivery too? Uh, so occasionally we do some delivery um, when we set up in neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a neighborhood here in Tucson called Gladden Farms. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's way up. Mm-hmm. There's no stores. There's starting to be a few restaurants popping wow. up there. But ultimately, you're doing that service where there's hungry people. If you're there, mm-hmm. you're, that's an award-winning business model. Right, 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 right. And so we would set the truck up out there. And we realized that everyone out there, it's its busy families. It's just like right. It's just like myself. I got mm-hmm. you know my daughter. You're dealing with school. You're dealing mm-hmm. with practice. You're dealing mm-hmm. with recitals. You're dealing with all the stuff. Right. And so why don't we just make it a little bit easier for uh, Some folks families, out there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so every... Where that I drive my car there, it's three minutes away. We can do delivery. Sure. Right, right, right. I'm would challenge you to name one other, you know, food truck here in Tucson that does delivery. Wow. So no, I don't know of any. No. I'm saying that's why None. I'm like, that's that's yes. pretty ingenious. So it's important to know your customer and know things that you can do to help them out to purchase mm-hmm. your product. And that's right. one of those things. And yeah. you know, we get we get busy out there. So when it comes to online ordering, that's something that we didn't actually do before uh, the whole COVID pandemic. Right. Uh, so that was something that we learned along the way. Everyone started getting into contactless experiences. Right. Mm-hmm. And online ordering is what saved us during that time because mm. um, no one really knew what was going on. Right. And so people were scared to go out for a little bit, and ourselves included. We shut down the truck for a couple months because we didn't know what was going to happen. Sure. And then eventually we started getting a little, uh, you know, cabin crazy. Started, yeah, right, right, uh, right. We just had to get back out and we had to start doing it again. Well, during this time, um, Square, our point of sale provider, um, they were also very good with providing tools for people. And their online ordering platform was one of those things that they started to offer. And once we threw it up there, everyone really kind of became used to that during that time. Mm. And so during the COVID time, you had to, again, you had to adapt and you had to provide what people were looking for. And online ordering was one of those things. And I will say the first couple of weeks is absolutely horrible. We didn't like, you know, you get into a whole new process. (laughs) Right, right. Sure. Things are going to be bad for a while, but you shouldn't stop that from. Right. You'll adapt. You'll get used yeah. to it. You, you know. Uh, yeah. yeah. I exactly. mean, we have online ordering at the restaurant. Uh, mm-hmm. We have Square, too. So, but so you mentioned uh, the pandemic. And so tell us about 2020 for Chow Down. <laughs> so I actually still remember this uh, day. We were at an event <clears throat> and everything was starting to come out in the news. And still people don't really know what's going on. But right. that particular day we're set up at a hospital. Mm. No one came out. Oh my goodness. So this is a spot where normally, you know, you're making you know, a <laughs> right. hundred pizzas for all for everyone working inside the hospital and no one comes out. And that's when you gotta start scratching your head and you're going like, All right, something's changed here. <laughs> what's yeah, right. what's going on? Right. Wow. And so we Whoa. uh we cut it short and we had to go do some purchasing um, at the restaurant depot here for some you know, bulk items and we get there and it's absolute mayhem. Oh yeah. That's when they were making a run on restaurant, making a run on every place. Everyone was down there. Whoa. Sanitizer gone. They're stacking up on rice and beans. And then that's when you're like, all right, like something, you know, something's really <laughs> so going, going on. on. Right. right. 
And so we actually uh, took some of that time off because the next thing that started happening was events started getting canceled. Right. Like right weddings right. canceled. Right. Hey, don't come here right. for lunch we, anymore. Yeah. yeah. And they didn't do, we, we used to do the racetrack. Mm-hmm. The racetrack got canceled. Yeah. We, we, the races. Life got canceled. Right. Life yeah. got canceled. <laughs> Yeah, and so that's when we realized, like, all right, our best bet here, our pivot is actually probably best to shut down because mm-hmm. it's not going to make much sense for us to sit here and prepare all this food and go out right. to nothing. Right, right. So ultimately, we were just going to wait it out. We shut it down. And then we started to realize after the couple months there that I got to do something. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I make pizzas. That's what I do. That's right. I, and so we uh, started setting up in neighborhoods because people were looking for something to do. Right. And that's when we offered the online ordering mm-hmm. or the delivery, things that you don't necessarily have to come to us. You don't have to talk to us. Right. But if you want pizza, we'll make it for you. Sure. Right. So, right. So we, we found a way for that. And then once people had to start going back to work, they started to realize, hey, these food trucks, you know, they can come out. We don't have to, you know, do anything. Everything's individually boxed. Mm-hmm. Once that pizza's come out of the oven, they're not touching it. Right. And so it just goes out. And so then we started automatically start picking up these really large corporate accounts because mm-hmm. they could do those online order. People mm-hmm. that were still going, they still had to go to lunch. Their people still had to eat. Sure. Right. right. And why not do it in this controlled, safe environment? Right. And after that, we actually just saw our business just skyrocket. Mm-hmm. It would have been easy just to, you know, keep it shut down. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But once you adapted and you overcame, you know, you started to realize that everything for us, I mean, essentially our business doubled overnight uh, mm-hmm. from that. Yeah. I mean, it's great. I mean, and, and so there aren't a lot of success stories in 2020, mm-hmm. but you guys are one of them and you just figured out a way. There's you always know. a way. Yeah, yeah, there's always a way. And you just have to stay positive and figure out a way. It sounds like you guys really did that. What social media platforms are you on currently? Uh, so currently we mainly use Instagram and we use Facebook. Got it. Um, Facebook, we more or less use for communicating where we're going to be at. Kind of long format, sure. as you could say. So right. I, I, I love to write. Um, so that's where I'll put things up that have ultimately paragraphs involved. <laughs> right. And then uh, Instagram, we just like to use it for stories, quick updates, Um there's because things are constantly changing we went to an event we showed up on saturday yeah we get there we're a little early and boom the health department's there and they want to do an inspection now and during really yeah and during this time you know we have our followers and so i started getting the phone calls you know it's five o'clock where you guys at oh well we're actually around the building in the back getting inspected right now right and that's one of those things you have to throw it up on social media real quick like hey just so you know we're still going to be here but right we're just running a little late yeah and so for those little quick things on stories if you're sharing quick pictures that's where we like to use instagram but right each one has its purpose and yeah yeah those are the two that we're on right now and then the other thing that we're working on if Recently, you remember Facebook was shut down for six, right, six, yes, for a few hours. For a few that, hours that yeah. Monday, yeah, yeah, six eight hours. That yeah uh, starts to make you realize, hey, if that platform, if that platform goes, yeah. you may have ten thousand followers, but that platform goes where are your followers now. Yeah, right. they're gone. Right. And yeah. So compiling our uh, email list is one of the next things that we're working on. Good. Um, I yeah. think the email marketing and campaigns is something that a lot of people forget about. Right. Myself included, for I sure, forgot about for it. Sure. Yeah. But when you can't communicate with all your followers, what do you do? You got to have that backup plan. Yeah. So that's the next thing that we're working on. And then we also are uh, producing commercials and we'll be launching those on platforms like Spotify, Hulu, Mm -hmm. um, 
different. Oh, that's like cool. That. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah. So you said that you so you have the snake bite. You didn't have pepperoni. Only because I'm just really curious. What is number three on the list of people's favorite pizza? I will have to take a look at that, but I would have to guess it's going to be our Trace Amigos, which is just a three meat pizza. Yeah. Mm. So Italian Ooh. fennel sausage, bacon, and pepperoni. Um, but now I'm curious, so I'm actually going to look at that. And then while you're doing that, what's the day-to-day like on an average day for you with food truck? You go out to an event, you set up, or what else is there that, that goes on before and after the event. So do you want to more or less know about the food truck or about like my day? I want your day. And then also the food truck day. (laughs) Gotcha. So if you could combine it, yeah. Sure. The reason I ask is because I'm not actually on the food truck necessarily like all the time anymore. Yeah. Like I said, I run a lot of the behind the things, behind the scenes stuff. But yeah, let's get into it. Yeah. Uh, So typical day, if uh, we're merging two together between the food truck and my life, I'm waking up super early. Um, having a five-year-old at home, it's important to have early days. Uh, <laughs> right, right. The five-year-old right. does not understand the meaning of like not before sunrise. <laughs> I'm up before sunrise. So uh, first thing is I own and operate a pizza truck. I'm constantly eating pizza. So I have to start out in the gym every morning. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. That All right. That is 100% uh, necessity. Right. Um, not just for health benefits, but just for mental benefits mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, just that clarity, having that moment of doing something for yourself mm-hmm. uh, first thing in the day goes a long way. After that, I'm dropping my daughter off at school, and then I'm actually right into the kitchen. Um, so... Mm. The funny thing with pizza dough is pizza dough has its own timing on everything. Mm-hmm. So our pizza dough is actually made 72 hours in advance of an event. 72. Yep. And so that day begins with me heading in and taking that champagne yeast, mixing a little bit of flour, a little bit of water, touch of honey. Mm-hmm. And then I let that go for 24 hours and let that do its own thing uh, inside the fridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, during that time, we're basically creating that fermentation. Mm-hmm. After those days, I typically do those on days that we're not running. After that, I'm heading in in the morning. Um, about 9 o'clock, I'm actually making or portioning dough for that day. I'll actually be end up doing that for two to three hours, uh, depending on the event. Wow. And then I'll do little things. Anything I can do to help uh, prep, anything mm-hmm. that I can do to help organize, just keeping everything in line. After that, I actually head out. I go get my daughter, and then my culinary team comes in. And these guys are the rock stars. They're the ones that come in. You know, they're the ones with the fancy knife skills. Wow. Slicing, dicing. Those are the guys that get everything done. Sure. They're taking care of the sauce. They're filling up the truck. Again, just truck maintenance is the whole thing. And these guys are taking care of all that as well. Wow. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about prep. Yeah. Prep. Uh, Uh, A lot of folks don't understand how much prep is involved. Right. To show up at an event. He hasn't even gone to the event yet. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and that's the thing a lot of people don't realize is you're sitting here doing all these things. Like I'm getting in my kitchen at 9 a.m. The event may not even be till 5 p.m. Right. Sure. My guys are coming in anywhere between noon to 2. And then, yeah, we haven't gotten to the event. No. Then we're going to the event and maybe only be three hours. And that's sure. how a lot of new food truckers look at it mm. is, hey, it's only a three-hour event. and But then you're done with the event. Now you're driving home. Yep. 
And then the fun part comes. You got to clean up. You got to clean up. Right. Yeah. 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 You got the real fun. You got to clean up this whole mess you just made. Right. 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 I mean, anyone that makes dinner at home knows how this goes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can sit there and make dinner. You can have a glass of wine. It's fun while you're doing it, right? Sure. And And then you got to clean it all up. And then you look. Yep. Sinks full of dishes. Clean up the kitchen. But instead of just a sink full of dishes, we're coming back with a truckload of a mess every single day. Right. 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 And so even at the event's ending at eight, you're still not out there until 10 o'clock sure and next thing you realize it's just turned into a full-on 12 plus hour day sure right Right. that's one event yeah there's this one event yeah just to make pizzas for two three hours sure (laughs) yeah you just made a full day event yeah (laughs) how big is your crew uh so right now actually i have one full-time uh chef and business partner with me that man is an absolute rock star. <laughs> He's the uh, foundation. He's the one that makes all this stuff happen while I'm making all the business happen. Right. Uh, in the backside. And then from there, um, depending on the event, we'll have anywhere from one to two uh, part-time workers. Um, ultimately, these are just, you know, kind of gig events for people. Yeah. Um, some culinarians I've met along the way. That sure. Just like to kind of have that freedom of being a road pirate as we like to call it right, right. oh right. nice right. so full-time yeah it's just the two of us um but any given day there's between three and four people making mm. this whole thing happen depending sure. on the size of the event yeah, yeah. pretty yeah. much huh? you know i hear um a lot of people when they go into business they they're like they're gonna do it themselves right and they're just gonna be that one person who does it all if you will how important is it to have your chef business partner to have that support right there while you're starting your business and as well scaling your business up? Like yeah. How important is it? I mean, ultimately, everything when you're starting out is is on yourself. You're the creator of the business. But the people that say that they want to continue doing it by themselves, those are the people that will burn out and those mm-hmm. are the people that will fail. And we, I see it happen all the time. Yeah, um, There's a lot of people that are... Like, guess very stubborn and they want to do things their way and they want to be that way right um unfortunately life doesn't work like that our communities don't work like that nothing works like that yeah you have to have someone there to help you along the way Mm -hmm. um i actually learned that one from sam fox sam fox restaurants Mm -hmm. when he was starting out he may have been the idea guy he started the whole thing up but then he very quickly assembled a team of people around him that understood food one guy that understood wine and cocktails right another one that understood accounting and he built that team up. Sure. Um, you have to have a team built if you want to expand and to grow. Right. You don't yeah. always want to be you don't want to be the smartest guy in the room no. for everything. Right. You know, you right. need some you need to bring some expertise in. Yeah, and there's that old quote, if you're the smartest guy in the room, you're in the wrong room. Yeah. <laughs> right. sir. <laughs> yeah, sir. Yeah. So tell us how do we or how do our listeners how do they find Chowdown? Uh, so the best place to start at would be our website, and that's uh, ChowdownTucson.com. Uh, that is like the Italian Chow, C-I-A-O, but you can also type it in the other way, C-H-O-W. Okay. Right, right. Again, always got to think about your guest. Right. right. One of the things we started looking at was our web analytics, and we realized a lot of people were coming to us from Chowdown, Tucson, yeah, right, C-H-O-W. Right, right. Yeah. And so we just purchased that domain as well and just made sure. it even easier for them. Easy. So right. Make it easy for people to find you. Right. And then a uh, social media handle is at Chowdown Tucson for everything. Mm, okay, cool. And that's uh, that's how folks find you to buy food. And then, like, you guys do a lot of events. And same thing for any of these listeners out here that may want you for some catering event or some private event or 
uh, corporate event, same place, right? Yep, absolutely. Our website, Chowdown Down Tucson, best place to get our schedule, full menu, uh, any monthly specials that we're running, and then also to book a catering event. Okay. So any, any tips? Any, any tips? Yeah. Uh, if I could say anything, um, it's just always make sure that you have a solid plan going into anything. Try to expect the unexpected, but know that something is always going to pop up in a food truck. <laughs> I don't know where everyone's listening at, but if you're here in Tucson, you know, driving through our city streets, Ooh. Um, rough. Yeah, yeah rough, rough. rough. You feel me? You know how that goes. So. I, I have certain routes that I take, man. There's certain streets I just avoid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So depending on your town, you do have to realize that the kitchen equipment that you're putting onto your food <laughs> truck, that stuff is meant to sit in the kitchen. Right. Mm. That industrial equipment's meant to sit there for sometimes decades. And when you put it on a food truck, suddenly you're putting that thing through an earthquake every (laughs) single day. So as part of your planning, also have a team that supports your truck as well. You got your generator guy that you can go Mm -hmm. to. You got your equipment people that you can call Mm -hmm. on. You have a mechanic that you can call on because you're always going to need something along the ways because something is always going to come up. And then plus you need the same inspections. You got to have the hood. You got to have your Mm -hmm. fire suppression system. We didn't get into legalities yet. (laughs) So you still have all the requirements of a restaurant, but you just don't wheels. Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. So yeah, find find your help and those people that can uh, be with you all the way. Ah, that's great advice. That's really mm-hmm. great advice. Well, we really appreciate you being on the show today, Paul. I really appreciate being here. <laughs> and, I, and I look forward to seeing you guys out at another event so I can uh, sneak over there and get some of that snake bike pizza. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm going to come find you for some barbecue. And doctor, I'm going to come over for some of that macaroni and cheese. Absolutely. Let's do it. <laughs> Hey, we really appreciate you listening today to Get Your Barbecue On with Ken Alexander, the podcast here with the doctor. Mm -hmm. So next time, uh, we're going to have a really great show. We've got another food truck. Yes. We're going to, our special guest is going to be Adam Jackalone. He has Bugaloo soft serve. Mm. Yeah, the ice cream man. Yay. Yay, ice cream. Yes, we all scream for ice cream. (laughs) Literally. All right. Can't wait. So yeah, yeah. So uh, please listen in next time to get your barbecue on with Ken Alexander the podcast mm-hmm. here with my co-host the doctor, dun, 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 dun. and we will check in with you next time. See you later.